0: Well, good morning. good morning. Who had a good Thanksgiving? Me. Ooh. Surprised I'm moving after all that. season to the next, right? The next season up, of course, is Christmas. Everybody knows what Christmas is about. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. We celebrate his first coming into this world. And normally on this Sunday, we would start what we call Advent. And we talk about the first coming in preparation for talking about the second coming. But quite often we skip over the second coming, don't we? We we get so focused on the Christmas story, and we hear it every year. We know it by heart. We know about Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem and giving birth to Jesus. We know Advent has four particular parts, and we love those parts. We get hope, we get peace, and we get joy and love. And we pick it apart, and we look at each little part. Do we ever bring it all back together, like we should, on Christmas Day? See, quite often we get done with those four parts and we just forget about them. We move right on into Christmas. and It's like, yay! Celebrate Christmas, open presents, eat a meal, go home. But we don't talk about that second coming. We don't carry it on past that. So I was looking for the message to give to you today. And God said, talk about the second coming. <clears throat> that the hope, the peace, the joy, the love is about the second coming. It's what Jesus gives to us. Is what he carries us through this life with, is hope and peace and joy and love. And we can all see it all in the second coming. And I'm like, well, where do we see it at? Look in Revelation. And it's a book that a lot of preachers are scared to get into because it's full of prophecy and it's full of different meanings and it can be interpreted in so many ways. But the plain, simple truth, the description given to us of heaven and glory in chapter 21 is about as plain as it can be. And when you get on down into the description after the scripture we're going to read today, if y'all care to keep reading on with that, you'll see descriptions that just don't make sense. Those aren't always pretty gemstones, but if you know about pure light, then you know more about those gemstones, and we can talk about that another time, but what I want to talk about this morning is what that second coming is going to look like. Starting in verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. How many of y'all have been to a wedding? All the focus is on the bride, right? She's beautiful. She's probably the prettiest she thinks she's ever going to be in her life. To him, she'll never stop being that pretty. But you got decorations, you got fanfare, you got music, you got food, you got all of that. So think about that. When the new earth and the new heaven comes, it's going to be an everlasting party. Is, that, is it isn't going to just be harps playing in the distance. That's a fantasy view of heaven. There's going to be a feast. There's going to be a banquet. There's going to be people singing, music playing, dancing, carrying on. Most importantly, there's going to be worshiping of God. It's going to be gathering around the throne and worshiping God because of what Jesus has done. You see, in this chapter, we're picking up after the battle's been fought. We're picking up after all the torment and we're getting to the point where Jesus is about to separate some folks. Carries on verse 3, it says, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and He will live with them. Can you imagine living with God? Not just having His presence, but having Him there, constantly. We think it's a great feeling to come home from work and be like, honey, I'm home. Imagine eternal day and God we're home. It says they will be His peoples and God Himself will be with them and will be their God says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. How many of y'all are tired of crying? Tired of heartache, tired of pain, tired of suffering. He will wipe away every tear. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. See in the new heaven and the new earth after the second coming of Christ. No more pain, no more death, no more grieving, no more crying. It's a beautiful song by Casting Crowns. Says the only scars in heaven will be on the hands that hold you. I'm only, I'm about to only turn 42 years old. I've got bad knees. They hurt, especially when the weather changes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I won't have to deal with that no more. Beautiful lady I got the privilege of meeting before she passed. Had bad knees from polio. Couldn't kneel down and pray. She don't have to worry about that no more. Kneel and she can pray. That moves back won't hurt no more. Your sides won't hurt. Your hips won't hurt. Your shoulders, your elbow. You won't get tennis elbow anymore. But your heart won't hurt. This time of year, we see an uptick in suicides because hearts hurt. And they hurt a lot during this time of year because you're missing certain family members. But in that new heaven, your heart won't hurt anymore. Because God's wiping that all away. says in verse 5, Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. All of us who believe and follow Jesus are going to fall in that category. But he gives a warning to those who are on the fence, and he gives a warning to those who are insistent that Jesus isn't real. It says, but the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You see, a lot of people tell you, be careful about looking at two things. The devil works that way. He'll show you two things, and both of them are bad. Both have their faults, right? We've heard that a lot. Hey, everybody's worried about the left or the right. When you pick one side or the other, you're probably still choosing the lesser of two evils. See, the thing with God is that he created the devil. And he created the devil as an angel, and the devil has a tendency to mimic things of God. He can't create anything of his own. But the devil don't deal in absolutes. God does. It's good or it's evil. It's heaven or it's hell. God deals in absolutes. And that's what he's dealing with here. You can't have joy and peace and hope and love and be living these lifestyles. You can't. Cowards run away. They hide. They don't fight. They don't defend. They don't face fears. So they don't know what joy or peace or love or hope looks like are run away from everything that's going to bring those characteristics out. You get all those characteristics through trials and hardships and cowards are running away from those. Faithless don't have God and you can't have those without God. The detestable or the murderers or the sexually immoral or the sorcerers or the idolaters, the liars, they are all opposites of God. They're all opposites of what it means to have Joy, or peace, or hope, or love. But when you look at all the rest of that, the new creation, the no pain, the no suffering, the no grieving, tears being wiped away, that's hope. We have that to hope for. We live a life in accordance with the teachings of Jesus Christ. We have that hope. And when you're living that life, you'll discover peace. Because no matter what the enemy brings against you, look, look, you can look at him and go, "You can destroy this body, you can kill me, and I still have peace because I'll be with God." I mean, if y'all been able to pick a Christian out of a crowd, when everything looks like it's going bad, he's still got a smile on his face. know why? Because he's got joy. Because he knows in his mind and in his heart that there's no difference between a man that has nothing in God and a man that has everything in God. If I lost every possession I owned and still had God, I'm good. That's joy can't take that away from a follower of Christ. And then there's love. Letters from John tells us God is love. Anything opposite of God is going to be opposite of love. And I'm talking about true love, not this made up love that this world thinks that they can shove down our throats, that they can deliver to us and think that we have to give in and accept it. That's not love, that's lust, that's deceit, it's lies, it's loneliness, and it's lost. Because no matter how much they say, oh, I'm happy with it, they're still searching for something. Those of us who know the true love of Jesus Christ have found what it is they're searching for. we have that promise in the new creation that Christ is making for us in the new heaven and the new earth that he's preparing to bring down on this earth when all things are done then all of those who have lived opposed to God all of those who live in those categories that he listed they're going to that second death and it's unfortunate I want you to think about that. He's given us a task not to force them to accept God, but to present God to them. We need to live a life that shows the characteristics of God. We need to talk about God and Jesus and show the love of Christ. They've got to make their own decisions. And sometimes those decisions are going to hurt our feelings because they're going to choose to stay in that lost and lonely lifestyle. Sometimes they're going to say, I want what he's got. I want what she's got. Tell me more about Jesus. Or they're going to dust that Bible sitting on the shelf off. you are going to find out about him on the they're going to seek out other people to share that with. Them. So instead of going through all the birth story of Jesus as much as we love it, I'm going to save that for next week when we have our celebration. I want to tell you what he's preparing for. Heaven, and it's not going to be. We have to go up there to it. He's bringing it down here to us. There's a whole description of it. If you really want to continue reading this chapter, I told you a little bit about pure light. It tells us there's no sun, there's no light source because light comes from God. In the rest of this chapter, because God is there. There is light. That's pure light. Scientists have taken different gemstones and put them under magnification through pure light. And what they discovered is the ones that we think are pretty, diamonds, emeralds, stuff like that, they're black. That's cold. But these ones that seem bland, topaz, carnelian, there's other ones in there. They are a ray of colors and beauty. It's beyond compare. That's why when it tells you that the streets are made of pure gold as clear as glass, we can't comprehend that. When they put gold under that light and shine that light through it, it was clear, crystal clear. The Bible had already described something that we didn't have the technology to look at until recently. So when we see those gemstones in the light of God, nothing else will prepare. That's what Jesus is creating for us. That's what we have to hope for. That's what we should have peace about is because we know where we're going, what we should have joy about because we know the beautiful city he's creating for all of us to live in. (laughs) A city where there's never a night they don't have to close the gates. A city where there's no temple or altar because God is among his people. We just worship. Gosh. and there's music, and there's food, and there's life, everlasting life, right. because he's wiped the rest of it away. going to be trials there's going to be tribulations there's going to be a great war there's going to be battles there's going to be all sorts of other things that are devastating but if we stay the path of Jesus we know what we're already looking for because he's already made that available for us to see through John through the writings of this book it can keep confusing if you dig down deep in Revelation but I promise you it's worth the reading it's worth the reading Lord Heavenly Father thank you for the message you've given us thank you for the promise of your second coming for the hope we have in the beautiful city the beautiful creation that you're making thank you for the peace of knowing that we will live eternally with you and the joy of knowing the beauty and the love that we have getting for you. now give us that heart to share that with others around us give us a heart to care about people enough to love them the way you love us to show them what your love looks like God, I ask that you touch our hearts and minds as we leave from here today so that we can carry your glory and your honor out into the world so that they can see your light shining through us and through the way we live. I ask that you touch each and every one of us so that we can feel your presence and feel feel your love surging through us so that we can share it with those that are around us. In Jesus' holy and precious name,